latest episode of NSPE Speaks, the only podcast produced especially for professional engineers by the National Society of Professional Engineers. I'm your host this time, Stacey Ober, Senior Manager of Public Relations and Outreach, and I'm joined by the rest of our awesome podcasting team. Associate Editor Danielle Boygan. Senior Staff Writer and Content Editor Eva Kaplan-Leiserson. And Staff Writer Taylor Wadbaugh. And we just want to give a special shout out to who yes. was our winner last month. Um, Gus Boschert actually won our contest from our last podcast. Um, he won a $50 gift card to Amazon and also a $50 donation to Hurricane Relief Fund. So congrats, Gus. Congratulations. As we move closer to the holidays, this month's episode is going to focus on giving and giving back. And we're going to highlight some engineering gift ideas. We've got some really cool ones coming up. Uh, we're going to take a look way back at the invention of some of our favorite holiday decorations. And we're also going to highlight the work of PEs and engineers who are giving back and improving lives around the globe. Uh, before we move forward to the upcoming holidays, I think we should probably talk a little bit about Halloween, only because we saw some really cool stuff happening. Uh, the NASA Jet Propulsion Lab out in California had their annual pumpkin carving contest, and I've seen the pictures, and they are pretty awesome. And they uh, have a gift, uh, uh, not a gift guide, but a guide, uh, right, for folks who want to replicate some of the designs, or what's the... Yeah, it's actually, I'm trying to pull it up here now, but it's, um, I know the first part is Carve Like an Engineer. Um, oh, cool. It's a guide to carving pumpkins like the, the NASA scientists and engineers that participated in the contest, and uh, we will put a link in the show notes. Uh, we're also probably going to post it up on our social media, just because some of the stuff they come up with is pretty awesome. Very creative, and you think of engineers and think of their technical prowess, but they're also very creative people. So. Exactly. They did a heck of a lot better than my my pumpkin carving this year. <laughs> Unfortunately, I was rushed. So ours always gets eaten by a squirrel, and then it's even scarier. So <laughs> Just they're adds, helping out. Adds yeah. to the effect. Uh, yes, <laughs> that's awesome. In the spirit of giving and giving back, we're going to first take a look at a few ways that NSPE is doing just that. One of our many member benefits, um, hopefully everyone is aware of this, that NSPE offers 15 free courses available for download. Uh, so you can watch from the comfort of your home or your office. And each course allows viewers to watch the webinars and then get PDH credit by answering a quiz at the end of each session. The 15 free courses focus on a variety of topics, including ethics, leadership development, and future technologies. Um, I think there's one in this year's that is on the robot revolution. Mm -hmm. So that's pretty cool. The courses um, are available until the end of the year, so if you need a few extra PDHs before then, uh, be sure to visit the NSPE website under the Education and Practice tab. We'll also put a link to our show notes, uh, or in the show notes. The um, 2018 courses will be live after the first of the year, so be sure and check those out if you want to get a head start on your PDHs for next year. NSP also has two great avenues for members to give back to the engineering community and further the profession. The NSPE Education Foundation provides scholarships to deserving students and is always looking for donations to further the awards, the awards they are able to give. They give a variety of scholarships and you can donate directly from the foundation website, which is actually linked on our website, and that is also under the Education and Practice tab. And then to assert and protect the interests of the professional engineer, NSPE's legal fund provides financial assistance in key legal cases that significantly impact the engineering profession. Um, and with the potential to influence court decisions at the state and federal levels, our participation in these cases is pretty vital to the future of the profession. 
Um, so you can actually provide your financial support to the NSPE Legal Fund, and um, it's actually needed now more than ever to help us safeguard the integrity of the engineering profession nationwide. You can donate on the fund's dedicated page, which is under the Advocacy tab on our website. And again, we'll put links to all of those in our show notes, so um, you don't have to go searching around for those. And then finally, in our theme of giving and giving back, um, we would ask you to consider giving back by donating your time as a volunteer with one of our many outreach partners. We have some awesome ones, Discover E, Future City, and of course, Math Counts. You know, or, or look and see what your local state society or chapter is doing if they're doing outreach efforts maybe you want to get involved in those or maybe even look at starting something for your local area so we're now we're going to hear about some PEs that are giving back to the global community is that right Taylor yeah um, in this past issue of PE the November December issue um, we had the opportunity to cover professional engineers who are working to help make the world a better place Um, These engineers are involved in a lot of different organizations around the world. I actually got to cover a federal organization called Millennium Challenge Corporation, or as they're better known, MCC, for the community section of this issue. Um, They're a U.S. foreign aid agency created by Congress in 2004, and basically their main goal is to give people in third world countries skills to create infrastructure. So things like bridges, schools, basically just teaching people there how to create, you know, different types of engineering. And if you read the article, I got to talk to three different PEs that are involved in the organization um, that had a lot to say. They are involved in a bunch of different countries, including Liberia, Ghana, um, El Salvador, just to name a few. So definitely check out that article online or in the magazine because um, it's, it's really interesting and they're making a huge impact around the world. And they're located right here in D.C., so I actually got to go in and speak with them in person, which was a really great experience. That's awesome. Um, and then in the, in the variable section... Um, We did a profile on three different PEs that are also involved in organizations that, you know, are trying to help human welfare and the advancement of, like, third world countries and things like that. Um, For example, Seth Womble, who is a PE and an SPE member, he works for Water Missions, and they're a nonprofit that designs, builds, and implements safe water sanitation and hygiene solutions, which is a huge thing, um, especially in third world countries where there's not a lot of access to clean water. So important. Right. right. Um, and they actually, you know, I, it was funny because I had trouble getting in contact with him because he was down in like Puerto Rico okay. and um, they were yeah. helping a lot with the hurricane efforts um, since that uh-huh. was a big issue for them not being able to get clean water. So keep doing what you're doing. So, um, some of the other people that I got to cover were Jerry O'Connor. He works as a mentor for students that are interested in bridging the gap Africa. This is kind of like MCC where they work on infrastructure in countries, mainly bridges. Things that you don't even think about when I was speaking with him. Bridges can be a huge part of, you know, bettering people's education, getting access to schools, getting access to different communities. I mean, bridging the gap is basically the best way you could describe this organization is they really help bring communities together and give people the skills to do this on their own even after um, this organization leaves. And the third the third person I covered was Henry Watts, who works for Engineering Ministries International. And they kind of are jack-of-all-trades. So they are made up of architects, engineers, surveyors, 
um, construction managers, and they design and build facilities in places that don't necessarily have access to that material or that knowledge of how to do that. So yeah, they kind of they kind of do a little bit of everything. I know that they are involved in building schools and bridges and things like that. So yeah, just kind of a jack of all trades. But I thought it was really great, especially to hear that so many PEs are involved in such great organizations and really putting their degree um, and their licensure to good use and helping other people. Yeah, and I think it's important to to you know share these stories because you know, to get more young people involved in engineering, a lot of them want to know that they can use their engineering skills to make the world a better right. place. And mm-hmm. so it's kind of good to see yeah. how they're doing that. And, and particularly with the issues now with hurricane relief, um, like I said, we covered a lot of those issues in our cover stories, feature stories, uh, just about engineers doing their normal work, but they're building resiliency um, to help flooded areas like Houston and Florida mm-hmm. and, you know, Puerto Rico and the U.S. Virgin Islands are really going to need some help. And so, um, like I said, we definitely want to cover engineers are doing that outreach work. Right, exactly. It's, like, really instrumental in the rebuilding and helping other people um, mm-hmm. in these affected areas. And speaking of the importance of PEs, uh, October has been a really busy advocacy month for uh, the society. On the national level, NSPE has played a critical role in the development of a recently introduced bill that would bolster early engineering education. The Developing Tomorrow's Engineering and Technical Workforce Act was introduced in October. Uh, It's sponsored uh, by Rep. Tim Ryan of Ohio. And uh, this particular bill, NSPE was able to secure a provision that explicitly emphasizes early engineering education as a vital component in attaining licensure as a professional engineer. And so with this particular bipartisan legislation, it would award grants to state and local education agencies to support, develop, and implement formal and informal engineering education programs in elementary and secondary schools. So uh, we will definitely be watching that uh, legislation and making sure that it keeps moving forward because it is a definitely a key part of increasing the engineering talent talent pool and getting more engineers licensed. As far as another bill that has been introduced in October, Congress is considering a PE role in cleaning up abandoned mines. Uh, there is the Community Reclamation Partnerships Act, which was passed by the House in October uh, to ease state and community efforts to clean up areas affected by abandoned mines. And so there was a provision uh, that NSPE pushed for to get to require the seal of a PE on engineering plans. And so the next step with that is that NSPE is going to focus on making sure that that bill shifts to the Senate, uh, gets introduced and passed. And so, of course, stay tuned for updates on those two particular issues. And And the mine bill was pretty much part of follow-up to the Gold King Mine. Right, what yes. That's what I was wondering. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. those are some of those issues. Like I said, we present it. We you have to kind of stay involved with it because sometimes legislation kind of slumps and right. doesn't make much movement. And then you got to, someone takes something out of the bill. And, you know, so it's a long process. But like I said, we're going to stay on top of that. Um, on the state level, the society has recently gotten involved Um, and urging an investigation of a failed South Carolina nuclear project. Actually, uh, there was a letter sent from NSP President Tom Roberts 
calling for the Nuclear Regulatory Commission to conduct an investigation into the events leading to the shutdown of the construction of two nuclear reactors in South Carolina. In this particular failed project, uh, there was some coverage by the Charleston, South Carolina's Post and Courier, which is a Pulitzer Prize winning newspaper, uh, showing that there was unlicensed, uh, unqualified individuals that were allowed to design aspects of these two nuclear reactors at the VC summer site, which is outside of Columbia, uh, South Carolina, which would place the public health and safety at risk. It's, you know, there was documents obtained by this paper that showed that construction drawings used at the site were prepared, reviewed, and approved by unlicensed professional engineers. And according to reports, state and federal officials were not informed that these workers were doing this. And so uh, that's been a big controversy. Uh, the projects failed, but there's going to be several like state and federal investigations, and NSP is going to keep tabs on that as it progresses. And last but not least, uh, one of the things that we like to do is provide advocacy tools for our members and just to keep them on top of the things that we're doing as far as with licensure threats. Um, there is a map that uh, we put out last year and for more than a year, uh, the society has been tracking state-by-state -state threats to professional engineering licensure. And as of mid-October, there have been 25 states that have faced recent threats through legislation, regulations, and executive orders. And a lot of these um, threats have involved uh, recommendations to eliminate licensure of professional engineers. And then there's some other laws and regulations where uh, PEs are not directly involved or um, sort of attacked, but you know they may be looking at barbers, cosmetologists, other professions, but we know that slippery slope where if you're going after that licensing board there, engineers may eventually get lumped in. And so that's a good map just to keep track of what's going on because even though something's not happening in your state, trust me, there's similar bills that, that crop up. And, and so that way you can be prepared, forewarned, and also pay attention to what other states are doing. Yeah. Uh, so you have a kind of a roadmap to, to follow. And so if you want to check that out, you can definitely, like I said, go to the NSP website and check out our advocacy page and see all the wonderful tools that uh, we have for you to stay on track of what we're doing. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, 25 states, that's half the country. Yeah. The map is turning more and more orange yeah. since it started. Um, so it's so I wouldn't be surprised if we see even more orange um, because what happens in one state, other states follow. Uh, so, yeah, definitely go on there and take a look at that for sure. So since this podcast is coming out around the holidays, we thought we would do something a little bit different with our interesting innovation section. Usually we do a modern day invention that's um, just getting thought up by an engineer, but this time we thought we would do a little blast from the past and look into <laughs> some of the popular holiday decorations and where they came from, the origins. So the first one on my list is tinsel. So tinsel was actually invented in Germany in the early 1600s. Wow. And originally is made out of silver hammered out into paper thin silver alloy and cut into different strips. 
Um, and it actually wasn't just used for Christmas trees, but as decorations for anything that really just needed some extra bling. Uh, <laughs> storefronts, you know, it was just kind of used as a universal decoration. Wow. But it was only used by the uber wealthy, considering, you know, silver is not Seems exactly, like that would be expensive. Yeah, yeah. It's, not on the, it's not on the uh, cheap side uh, by any means. So by the 1920s, an aluminum base was used instead of silver so that the tinsel wouldn't tarnish and it would be more affordable. Unfortunately, in the 1950s, it was discovered that aluminized paper was a major fire hazard when combined with lights and decorations on a dry Christmas tree. So you can afford it, but you're going to burn your house down. You're probably going to burn your house down, so hopefully you've got a good insurance plan. Uh, So today's tinsel is actually made out of a material called polyvinyl chloride, which is a um, slightly safer, well, well, more than slightly safer version of the original tinsel. Still a pain to clean up. Right. Yeah. Uh, I remember growing right. up and we would do the tinsel and I had to do the tinsel on the tree and it was just... It was pretty, but it's pretty. It's a mess. It's tinsel, I think. You know what's worse than tinsel to clean up? That my, my parents gave us an artificial Christmas tree um, that they were done using and my dad had put fake snow. Oh. <laughs> We've had this tree for like seven years, but every time we pull it out, there's fake snow in Oh, yeah. <laughs> Well, ironically, do you know what's next on my list? (laughs) No. It's an artificial (laughs) Christmas tree. (laughs) So towards the end of the 1800s, this is actually also an invention that came from Germany. Metal wire trees were covered with goose, turkey, ostrich, or swan feathers, and then they just dyed the feathers green to imitate Hmm. pine needles. Oh, wow. Did not know that. Yeah, and then in the 1930s, it got a little bit of an upgrade. The the Addis Brush Company created the first artificial brush trees using the same machinery that they used to make their toilet brushes. (laughs) So if you can imagine, it probably just toilet brush tree. Yes, exactly. So the bristle trees were eventually replaced by aluminum. Um, The Addis Silver Pine Tree was patented in 1950. And the Christmas tree was designed to have a revolving light source under it with colored gels to allow the light to shine in different shades as it revolved under under the tree. Obviously, that's not a very popular (laughs) option anymore, whereas we use uh, the same type of plastic, you know, like the non-flammable kind, to make it a lot safer. And they come in all different colors now. I, I know I've seen ones that are supposed to look... Um, like they're dusted with snow, yes. and you can even get. I've been to Target and seen the pink, the pink yeah, trees. The pink ones. Yeah, there's pink, there's glitter, there's white, there's green. <laughs> so you've got a whole variety. But at least they're not made out of various bird feathers anymore. Because I imagine that would be a little messy too. Yeah. Probably. Mm-hmm. Or the cats you know, would love that. Right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, a little bit of allergy issues as well. Oh, I, yeah, I can true. imagine. So the last thing on my list is actually holiday lights. So before the invention of electricity, families used to put small candles to light up their trees. Uh, that seems like a fire hazard. <laughs> I'm noticing also. a theme this here. This is my theme. My, my theme is not fire protecting hazards. the public health safety yes. also. <laughs> there are definitely not PEs involved yes. in the original yes. workings mm-hmm. of these holiday decorations. The tradition of using candles dates back to the middle of the 17th century. Obviously, not the best tradition if you think about the flammability of pine trees. In 1882, Edward Johnson, who was actually a friend of Thomas Edison, lit a Christmas tree for the first time using electricity. The lights consisted of 80 hand-wired red, white, and blue lights wrapped around the tree. However, these lights were not cheap. Many people still ended up using candles to light their trees because it was just a more affordable option. And finally, the invention of safe mass-produced Christmas lights came about 
when a teenager named Albert Sedaka read about a tragic New York fire in 1917 that was caused by candles on a Christmas tree. Mm. Big surprise. Right. <laughs> um, his family actually created a more affordable product of the electric bulbs, and production took off. The first string of electric lights were mass-produced around 1890, and by the 1900s, department stores started using the lights for their holiday decorations and displays. By the 1930s, electric lights had become a standard part of holiday decorating. And actually, Sadaka's business, which is the Noma Electric Company, went on to become one of the world's largest Christmas lighting companies until 1965. Wow. wow. And so. it was a teenager, huh? Yeah, exactly. That's so cool. You can start ingenuity. engineering at a very young age. Yeah, exactly. I like yeah. it. Young and innovators. That's really interesting. I learned some things, Taylor. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no problem. <laughs> Okay, and then uh, continuing the holiday theme, we have a tradition, I think that's now, well, two years old maybe, uh, for <laughs> uh, doing an engineering uh, gift guide for our holiday uh, podcast. And so I'm going to talk about some gifts, both for adults and for kids, um, for yourself, your friends, family members, uh, kids that you want to get involved in engineering and STEM. So we'll start out with the adults. Um, NSPE has its PE Outfitters store. We'll put a link in the show notes to remind you of that. You can show your pride in the profession and your own achievement with NSPE branded products. So we've got stuff like clothing, shirts, jackets, hats, tote bags, briefcases, blankets, towels, and even a wine tote. So you can... Uh, okay, there you go. That's <laughs> you look classy yes. at that holiday party with NSPE your PE wine themed, tote. Yes, yes uh, wine tote. So that, uh, keep that in mind. You can buy something for a colleague or for yourself if you want uh, something. So, hint, um, hint. Yes. <laughs> then uh, we've got some sites um, that uh, have both stuff to to build with and just fun fun gifts. One that's a favorite uh, with my husband um, is American Science and Surplus. And I uh, went on there. We were looking for eclipse glasses, and every one was sold out, and we got some great pairs on American Science and Surplus. But they have stuff to build stuff, batteries, electrical parts, sockets, wiring, motors, containers, lab supplies, pretty much anything you can imagine to build anything you could dream up as well as stuff that's just cool on its own. Um, kits, models, robots, toys, stuff that you know you may not find anywhere else. There's a toy train in a tin. There's a sun print kit. Um, just all kinds of neat stuff. So that's, I remember sun print kits from when yeah. I was little with like the leaves and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Taylor's looking at me like, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> it, it has some kind of, I think it's like a special paper, right? Yeah, and yeah, then it, yeah. um, you can put like leaves or different things mm-hmm. and then it will kind of take the outline. Oh. Um, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Gen Xers and millennials. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, and I think on that list there's a website called geekwrapped.com. Mm-hmm. I was taking a look at it and seeing all the neat things that you can buy, and, and they had one thing. Um, they have a mini Presso Expresso maker. <laughs> oh. Caffeine addicts out there. And then I even saw, speaking of childhood things, you can get the Nintendo Entertainment System. The yeah. The original one? Yes. All I right. I actually still have mine in my parents' basement. <laughs> yeah. And, you know. I sold mine. Right. Right. It something it's a good time. My, my brother actually got one um, for Christmas last year, mm-hmm. and he loves it. It's actually, it's it's hilarious because you think about the video games today. 
day right. with all the like yeah. super advanced graphics. But sometimes it's fun to get back to basics. Yeah. 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 As long as you blow out that cartridge. Right. 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 Yeah. 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 And then I saw one called Bug Assault Shotgun. I gotta check this Yeah, like if you're tired of mosquitoes, flies, other bugs, just load it with some salt tablets and fire away. And then, you know, and then there was something else that it was practical too. If you're a cook, there's cut resistant gloves. You know, some people's oh. knife skills aren't up to par. Yeah. Uh, myself. Um, <laughs> and, you know, you just want to protect your fingers. So there's a lot of neat, interesting things that yeah. you can get on the site for engineers and non engineers alike. Yeah, Geek Rock. Geek Wrapped actually has a whole engineering section. So it's stuff that ranges from the practical, a 3D printer, a solar-powered charger, to the fun, chocolate gears, circuit board tie, and everything. Uh, chocolate gears. So, yeah. Okay, okay cool. You can eat your gears. Yeah. So build and then <laughs> Yeah, you can build something and then consume it. I like that. Plus, you don't leave it in the sun. So, yeah. um, and even a Venn diagram serving platter, which is kind of cool. So, um, and then there's another um, site, Uncommon Goods, that has some fun um, geek-related items. Yeah. So I saw an equation clock, um, left brain, right brain bookends, all kinds of neat stuff. I actually, when I was researching all this, I started cutting and pasting links to send to my husband <laughs> stuff that he would want, stuff that I would want, stuff that our kid would want. So all kinds of fun stuff. Really interesting. So those are some good sites for adults. And then moving to the kids, we talked about some um, books and things last um, episode. But as far as the toys, we've talked about Goldie Blocks in the past. We've written about it in PE Magazine. They're toys that integrate storytelling and STEM to try to appeal to girls. And they have some new products, something that I didn't realize that I want to get for my daughter. There's a craft construction box um, that combines, combines crafting and construction. So it has pieces like wheel hubs, joints, axles, suction cups, springs, stickers, pom-poms. I think she would love this because she loves both crafts and building stuff. So that would be a, a popular one that will be on our, our list. And uh, we talked about last episode and in the past, the great uh, books, Ada Twist Scientist, Rosie Revere Engineer. They have some new products. There's now an Ada Twist doll also on our list. I think it may be made by a, a third-party company, but um, they've, I guess, licensed it or, or something. And then Rosie Revere has a has a new book, a big project book for bold engineers. Mm. So um, it has activities. Kids can design a better bicycle, build a simple catapult, construct a solar oven. Um, so that's also something that we're we're looking at. Um, I'm excited. My daughter's five now and can do all this kind of cool stuff, and uh, trying to to keep her interested in in STEM topics. So we'll have some other ideas in our uh, link on our show notes from last year's uh, holiday giving guide, but you can also find links to all this stuff um, that we've talked about this year. And then we have one special one. Yes, we do have a special Stacey, one. Stacey, you want to take this away? Sure. I am very, very, very excited about this box that is sitting in front of us that you listeners cannot see. It is from Tinker Crate, and um, our thanks to them for sending us a box to open. In case you don't know what Tinker Crate is, they are actually a monthly subscription service that encourages young innovators ages 9 to 16 plus, so it's also for adults, I would assume, nice. to discover and learn about science, engineering, technology, and math through hands-on activities. 
they are part of Kiwi Company, and um, Kiwi Company actually has several different boxes that are available for a monthly subscription. Mm-hmm. Kind of depends on the age range and mm-hmm. things. They have a, a cricket crate, which is for ages zero to two, uh-huh. um, that has like board books and soft toy, you know, cricket. stuff like that. Cute. They have a koala crate, which is for preschoolers ages three and four. They have a kiwi crate, which is perfect for young innovators ages five to eight. So it's kind of like Tinker Crate light, I would think. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the the kiwi crate actually incorporates a little bit more art and crafts kinds of things. Um, they have the doodle crate, which is art and design for the same age range as the Tinker Crate, nine to sixteen plus. And then, of course, what is sitting in front of us? I'm so <laughs> excited to open. And what is again? It's a monthly subscription, so every month uh, the company sends. You and your kids or grandkids or whoever. Or just you. Or just you. I'm I'm so excited about this box. But they're developmentally appropriate. Um, You know, they work with people in the industry and the profession to develop these products and to uh, make sure that they're fun and, you know, provide some learning and uh, for the age ranges. So I think without... Further ado, I'm gonna open this thing. Yeah, let's see what the size. Invited to see what's inside. So it says on the box that we are going to be building your own paper circuits. Wire up glowing paper lanterns and look about circuits. Okay. Okay. So the first thing I see here is it's like oh, a it's blueprint. a blueprint. Yeah. Ah, it is a blueprint. Um, oh, this is awesome. So it's actually done like a blueprint and gives instructions on the able tells you about the included materials and then what you need from home. And then I guess that's some extra stuff. Oh my goodness, this is awesome. I hope this is better than IKEA instructions. <laughs> I think so. It's like build your base and then build your lanterns. I'm gonna pass this around so you can take a look. Okay. It's nice artwork for Showing you what to do. Yeah, yeah I always appreciate that because sometimes when you just read things, it's difficult to like actually figure out yes. what it's supposed to actually look like when you're building Or it. alternately, if when they just give you pictures and I'm like, True. what is this? It's nice to have a little variety. Different yeah. learning styles. And then it yeah, also has pictures of all the included materials so that way you can sort of see what you're supposed to have yes. in the box. We'll check those in a second. The second thing that I uncovered here is the Tinkerzine, which is a little magazine that has other activities that you can do. And then it also talks about um, just little stories. This is electrons on the move. Um, So it kind of tells you all about electricity and atoms. And then they have an electric magic. You can put on an electric magic show. Mm. And I mean, the writing is really geared toward that age range. It's fun. Amazing. Oh, an electric fish. (laughs) So they have an article in here about electric eels. So I'm assuming the theme for this zine and everything in the box is kind of electricity and circuits and things. So I'll let you take a look at that. Um, What else is in there? Electricity stuff. (laughs) So scientific. (laughs) Yes, you can tell I went to engineering school, right, (laughs) John? It's better than light bright. There is a battery. (laughs) And these look like little. Color cookies. Oh, LED, that's oh. the light. <laughs> Here, the English majors yes. try to uh, deconstruct. Uh... Right. They didn't teach me that in journalism school. <laughs> this is some sort of plastic device. An acrylic base. I'm reading straight from the instruction sheet. I know what this is. It's a glue stick. Oh, there you go. There we go. That but looks familiar. This is a some wire? an acrylic. Uh, no? no wire, copper wire. Copper, copper tape. Copper tape. Copper tape. Hmm. Close enough. Okay. I was close. These are 
square adhesive things. Oh, <laughs> um, uh, yeah, that's not mentioned in the instructions <laughs> sheet. What are our little monster guys? What are these on oh, that sheet? Oh, little robots. Yeah, yeah, little monsters. Oh, I guess this is what you wire. See the wiring? Uh, oh, it's so actually a bonus DIY project. Ooh. So you can learn more about circuits and how to build them. So basically, the, it's in the tinkers. You can light up. Look, you can, there's holes in the eyeballs. So you oh, can light up their light eyeballs. Light up the robot. wiring the circuits on yeah. the Yeah. Well, that's good that you're not limited that's to just the one project. So it's yeah. Yeah. You get more various things to do. These are... I think those are the patterns for the actual lanterns. So the, oh, that's so the lanterns. Yeah. That's the actual paper. So you're building the circuit board, and then I guess you also construct the lantern. Lantern lanterns. Okay. Yes, that's what those are. And this is some black paper to do Black sticker sheet. Black sticker sheet. <laughs> <laughs> how awesome. Taylor learned how to read. So. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So this is pretty cool. You know, like I said, all the materials are here. Everything's packaged great. You know, the actual instruction book blueprint, if you want to call it, is um, illustrated nicely, and it looks like it's all spelled out. So, yeah, I would love to do, yeah. to get something like this every Fun month for the kids. To do it. with your kid or grandkid. And, and then I see that you can visit, there's on-site video instructions for some of us that are a little more challenged. <laughs> so you can see, you know, like I said, if you have a little trouble, um, at least you can see what... Uh, it's supposed to look what like. What's supposed or... to look like. Mm -hmm. And then I like the bonus the bonus feature, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so I think what we're going to do, we're not going to do it here, but um, I think we're going to record a additional bonus video of us four communications English folks trying to put these circuits <laughs> together. Just to show you, actually show you visually a little bit more about the Tinker Crate and what's inside. Don't um, judge us. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Again, we definitely want to thank the folks at Tinker Crate and Kiwi Company for sending us the box to play with. Um, I hope we do them proud. And I also wanted to let you know that they have been so kind as to offer NSPE members a 40% discount on their um, first month subscription. Oh, that's, that's a great deal. Um, and their, their subscriptions, subscriptions range, if you want to do monthly, it's $19.95 a month. If you book three months at a time, it's um, the same price, $19.95 a month. But then if you do like a whole 12-month thing, you only pay $16.95 a month. So if you want to get a subscription for somebody for the year, you know, kids, grandkids, yourself, um, you can save. And then you will also get the 40% discount if you use the code NSPE40. And we will put that in the show notes, and um, we'll definitely be promoting this um, a little more widely to our members. Um, and this might be geared up for e-week, just because, you know, we always encourage our members to do the outreach. And so if you want to order this as part of that, that could Yeah, be. you could take one to a school and do some outreach with it. So Oh, that's a great um, idea. Yeah, even if you just get it for yourself to, to take and do outreach with. That would be something you that could do as awesome. well. Mm -hmm. And if you do decide to do any of those things and take advantage... Uh, let us know. I mean, email us at podcasts at nspe.org. Record it. Yeah. Send us video <laughs> yeah, of you video. doing a better job than us. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Let's start a competition. Yeah. Let's see, let's see Can you beat the English Journalism and Communication majors? <laughs> I see they have an SOS email. Your lantern's oh. not turning on. Email us, the experts at SOS at tinkercrate.com. So hopefully yeah. we won't have to use yeah, that. Yeah, fingers now. crossed. Yeah. No guarantee. Yeah. I, think, I think we're good. Yeah. We'll be good. And the cool thing about having like a, a monthly subscription thing like this is kids love getting mail. So I think exactly uh, even that better than like going to the store and getting something. Kids are just so excited when they get mail. So uh, that's another cool yes. aspect. So definitely check it out, Tinker Crate. And um, again, if you decide to subscribe, you can use NSPE40 
uh, to get 40% off your subscription, which is an amazing offer um, for the first month. So I think that's going to wrap it up here. We are going to probably head over and try and put this thing together <laughs> on video. Yeah. So we hope everybody has a very wonderful holiday season. I think we'll be back to join you after the first of the year. If you have any comments, questions, ideas for future podcasts or things that you want to discuss, uh, again, please reach out to us. Um, we would actually, we would like to get mail, email. <laughs> yes, we like mail too, um, not just for the kids. And it's podcasts with an S at the end, plural, at nspe.org. So thanks so much, and we'll talk to you next time. Right. Happy holidays.